Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy it. I'm so excited to discuss my sponsor today, which is Page One Books, because my summer book bundle is ready on pageonebooks.com. And the bundle that I've put together includes three books that I picked, uh, Montauk by Nicola Harrison, More Myself by Alicia Keys, and I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpott, all of which have been on this podcast here. Uh, It includes a Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books beach tote, a cute little library card pencil slash cosmetic case, and a water bottle for staying hydrated, plus a little um, thing of sun lotion. So go to pageonebooks.com, page one with the number one, so page number one books.com, and check out my page one book summer bundle. Buy it as a gift, a housewarming, if you actually go somewhere or just give it to yourself. Everybody needs a treat. We've had a long spring. (laughs) Pageonebooks.com. Welcome to the third day of my July book blast. This is Beach Reads Wednesday, and I'll be releasing lots of episodes this week and next to get all these great beach reads out and also books that have come out during the quarantine or books that I think you just need to read at this time. And I just don't want you to miss these authors for any longer. So anyway, here are some great beach reads. Each episode this week will have a book that I think you should curl up with and read if you ever find the time. 
Amy Agresti is a novelist and entertainment journalist. A former staff writer for Us Weekly, she penned the magazine's coffee table book, Inside Hollywood. Her work has also appeared in People, Premiere, DC Magazine, Capital File, The Washington Post, Washingtonian, The Washington City Paper, Boston Magazine, Women's Health, and The New York Observer. Her latest book is called The Somerset. Amy has made countless TV and radio appearances, dishing about celebrities on the likes of Access Hollywood, Entertainment Tonight, E!, The Insider, Extra, VH1, MSNBC, Fox News Channel, and HLN. The author of, as I mentioned, The Somerset, also Campaign Widows, and the Gilded Wings Trilogy for Young Adults. She graduated from Northwestern University with a degree in journalism and lives with her husband and two sons in the Washington, D.C. area. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to meet you. I'm such a fan, as I told you. Like, Aww. I just love what, what you're doing. And I'm so grateful as a reader, even. Like, I love your, the interviews that you do so much. And it's just so exciting to get to meet you and be on. So thank you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's my pleasure. And by the way, when I was reading some of the blurbs, I feel like I know everyone who blurbed your book. It's I like- think you do. I know. <laughs> I got so lucky. I have, like, the world's best blurbers. I mean, oh, my gosh. I know. I, you've talked to all of them. Yeah, I think and so. And they're all amazing. <laughs> I got so lucky that they took the time to do that because they're like some busy women, those amazing writers who were kind enough to read. And I'm always so grateful when, I mean, that's a, I, I always feel bad asking for blurbs because I know everyone's in the middle of their own work and to switch gears and read somebody else's and then have to, you know, write something about it is like hard to do. So I'm always grateful. But yeah, you have, you've got great people on all the time. So I was like, oh my gosh, I was lucky to get those ladies. Oh, stop. <laughs> so the summer set, congratulations on the launch and everything. It's so exciting. Thank Tell you. listeners what the summer set is about. That's right. The Somerset is about an actress named Charlie Savoy, and she was a Hollywood it girl and an ingenue in her early 20s. And then she flamed out and disappeared from Hollywood. And when we meet her at the beginning of the book, she is almost 40 years old and she's been in sort of a legal scrape. And she's forced to go back to the Summer Shakespeare Theater where she got her start as a teen and where her ex, Nick, is the artistic director. So, you know, drama and hilarity ensue as they spend this summer together. But, you know, it's it's about a Hollywood actress, but I really think it's a universal book because it's about, you know, old friends, old flames, old rivals and second acts. And I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to, especially sort of the age that I am, like early 40s, you know, and a lot of us are sort of reinventing ourselves when we, we become moms or when we get to this stage in our lives. And I think it is sort of a universal story. Totally. All about reinvention in your 40s. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and what inspired you to write this book? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I got my start in magazines and entertainment journalism, and I was at Premier Magazine right out of college. That was a great movie magazine, and it was just such a great place to be. Like David Foster Wallace wrote for them back in the day and things. And then most recently, I was a writer at Us Weekly. So I've always really loved the entertainment world. But you know, it's funny. I think the seeds were really sort of sown early for this book because back in high school, I grew up in this very small town, Olney, Maryland, outside of D.C., and we were really lucky to have this great theater there. And it was like a professional theater. They cast all the actors from New York and they came in. And the really cool thing about this theater was that the actors stayed on the grounds in their own residence together. And, you know, I've always had an overactive imagination, as novelists tend to have. And even back then in high school, I was like volunteering there, always 
off stage, way off stage, but I would volunteer. And I was always thinking, you know, the actors were always like, a lot of the times they were young and beautiful and living together. And I was like, Ooh, well, who's friends and who's enemies and who's getting together and what's going on? I always wanted to know. So I think that sort of has always been in my head a little bit. And I just, yeah, I really loved being around that world. I think it's really inspiring. My mom back then was in charge of the welcoming committee for the actors, which was so much fun. So she would enlist me to help her throw parties when they arrived. And we would like bake them cookies and have lunch for them and like, you know, make little baskets for their rooms and stuff. So I was always kind of like watching everybody wondering what was going on, how they were getting along. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like writing for Us Weekly? Like, I always read those articles with so much interest and intrigue, like, but almost feeling guilty about it, right? Like, because there I am just like trying to pry into people's private lives. Like, tell me about that. That's so interesting. Oh, it's so, it was, it was so much fun. It was a great place. And I, and I always said, at least, you know, back in the day when I was there, the stories really were true. We had a very solid fact-checking department and things, but it was, it was a lot of fun, you know? I mean, I, I, I really, you know, got my start sort of at premiere. And back then when it was all really new to me, it was like extra exciting because I was like 22, had just come out of school. And because I was sort of that age, I was often interviewing the up-and-comers which was really cool. And sometimes they would be like my age in their first thing. And you sort of are talking to them before they're famous, before they know they're famous and they're really real and genuine. And you know, you're never going to get them that way again. And that was always really fun for me because then I feel like, you know, you spend a little time with someone. And even if you don't talk to them again, after that, you kind of always want to follow their career and see where it goes. And with that, some of them like went like straight to the top, you know, and some of them took sort of more winding paths to success. And then some of them hit road bumps that were really rough. And it always made me wish that we actually were friends, that I could call them and be like, are you doing okay? Like what's going on? I saw what happened, but you can't. And so you sort of feel like, you know, you feel this, this connection from the moments that you sort of spent interviewing them about their life, but then this huge disconnect because then they're gone and you can't get back in touch with them. And, and to sort of watch these different paths that they took, I thought was just, you know, really kind of eye-opening for me, but it was fun because I got to be back then a party reporter, uh, which I didn't even know was a job. Back then. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like I should be paying them. And I would, you know, go to the premieres and stand on the red carpet and ask the questions. And then go to the movie afterwards and then go to the party and drink champagne and talk to the stars again and go home and write a story. And it was a job and it was great, you know? So it was a lot of fun. And I tried to get all of that excitement and passion about Hollywood and that industry into the book because I think we all love it, right? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Guilty pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you go from that? I know you've written three YA books and two novels. So how did you switch from, from that into writing books? Well, I always wanted to write books. I've always loved books. My mom's a librarian. So I grew up reading everything in sight and just like living at the library and things. And you know how it is. It's like one of those things that you feel like, I didn't know anyone who was a novelist. It felt very, you know, very unattainable kind of thing. And I'm a practical girl. So I love writing. So I went into journalism and, you know, went into magazines and things, but I was always writing on the side. And then, you know, we, when we left New York at one point, cause my husband's in politics and we sort of came back here when Obama came to town and things, then I was like, well, I was freelance writing. And I thought, you know, I had written, I had written a novel before that. Cause you know how these paths of a novelist, it's like, everyone has that one that's stuck in a drawer that will never see the light of day, but you learned how to write a book from it, you know? So I have that book that, you know, is the book that I wrote that got me my agent who I'm so grateful to have found so long ago. But it just wasn't the book that was going to be published, you know, it just didn't work out. But I kept going and 
when I, you know, when we moved back here to Washington from New York, I was like, I'm going to try this again and write something very different than the book I had written before. And that just happened to be that time, you know, everything is timing, right? And it happened to be that time when everybody was reading, like grownups were reading Twilight and Hunger Games and all of that. And I just sort of, I always tend to write the book that I most want to read at any given time. And everyone was reading that. And I was having this real feeling of like, I'd like to try writing the kind of book that I would have loved as a kid because I read so much and I always loved mystery and romance and adventure and strong girls. So, you know, I kind of cobbled together all those elements and that became that trilogy. And I, I got lucky. It was the right time for that. You know, it's funny when I wrote that book, the first in the trilogy, Illuminate, I had the idea for Campaign Widows, which was my first adult book at the same time. And I was debating which one to go with first. But, you know, I just gotten back to Washington, even though I'm from here, you know, and the city changes with each administration. I felt like I wanted to kind of live in the city more with the Obama years and really see how that was going to change the city before writing it. And so I went with a trilogy instead. And I'm, I'm glad that I did that. But it was funny. I had them both. And I was like, which one do you go with first? It's hard to decide, you know, but I got lucky. I was, I'm very grateful. Anytime a book gets published, you feel very lucky. The crazy business, as you know, right? <laughs> I know. It's like amazing. I want to do like a whole nother show. I, I mean, I'm just making this up of all the people out there who wrote books and they can't be on the show because they never got published. Or maybe they're oh like, God, yeah. you know, maybe they're, they're just not quite here yet, right? Like they've written their first book or their second book and you know, they don't, you know, I, I just feel like this obligation to tell people like you have to write at least a novel or two before you can even contemplate having success. It seems like everybody has to write them. You have to have the ones in the drawer. So I don't know. And I feel like they're the ones that get you to the one that actually works out. So it's all worthwhile. I, I always like writing because I feel like it's something that you get better at as you go. You know, it's not like at some point you have to stop doing it. Like, you know, if we had decided to be gymnasts or something, like you'd have to probably stop that at some point. But writing, you could keep going. Totally. You can just keep <laughs> get getting better. better. Get better exactly. and better. <laughs> so what are you working on now? Now I'm I'm supposed to be writing the next book. <laughs> I've not been the best multitasker in quarantine here, you know. So yeah, I know I know what the next book is and I'm mapping it out. I'm a big outliner, you know, so I always feel like I need to have the whole thing mapped out before I actually start writing because then the writing process actually goes pretty fast. So I'm sorting out the pieces right now and I've you know, I've got like the major stuff, but I have to actually just sit down now and start the writing, but again, not the best multitasker. I think you need to write a book about time management and multitasking because I would be the first in line to get that because I don't know how you juggle all the things that you do. I'm always very impressed and inspired by you. Thank you. I don't know how I do it either. Every day is different. I don't know. I don't do, I feel like I don't do a lot of things very well. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm cutting a lot of corners these days and, you know, as we were talking about before, like I, you know, I've had to email my kids' teachers a couple of times, like, more, more times than I can admit being like, we missed this or I'm sorry about that. Or, you know, I do the best I can. I don't know. I just, um, and I do things really quickly and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I do. I don't know. I do. Well, I'm impressed. I know. And I'm also glad to not be the only one who's emailed the teachers a bunch of times and been like, we're doing the work. I promise. We're just <laughs> and we'll be on the call. I think. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you've already given like such amazing advice to everybody, I feel like. Is there anything else you would want to say to aspiring authors aside from everything else? Oh, that's great. I always say just keep writing because it's true. It's like you feel like when you're writing and you're not having the success and the luck and having people 
pick it up and publish it and stuff, you feel like, ah, how do I keep going? But you just never know when it's going to work out and you're getting better all the time. So just keep writing. That's like the one thing I feel like we have control over in the publishing world is just to keep writing and keep making new work. And then you just never know what's going to be the one that strikes a chord with somebody. So keep going. (laughs) (laughs) We talked at the beginning about sort of reinvention in your 40s. How do you feel that you have reinvented yourself this in the last couple of years. Oh, I love that. I feel like the biggest thing is when you become a mom, it changes everything about how you live your life and do your work and everything. And it's definitely, that has made me a more efficient person for sure. And it's also forced me to sort of figure out how to how to do my work the best that I can when I can do it. Like everything has changed about the way that I work. You know, I mean, I used to think like on the first book that I wrote, I thought I'm, I'm kind of a fast writer. I wrote this pretty fast, but no, no, I just spent every possible minute and didn't need to sleep much. You know what I mean? It's like, and now like I get to, I, I used to have really useful like nighttime hours writing and I found it very peaceful. And now it's like, I mean, I don't know how you are with your kids, but as soon as I have all this adrenaline right before their bedtime. And then as soon as they go to bed, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write all these pages. And then I like fall asleep often with my laptop. I mean, I sometimes I fall asleep with my laptop on my lap. I'm like sitting in bed, which you know, is you're not going to get work done, but I'm like, I can work in bed. And the laptop falls on the floor. Like I've had everything happen. So now I try to sit down to write when I know that I can, my, my head is really there and I can crank some things out. Cause for me, it's always most important to end your writing time excited to go back to it rather than hitting like a word count every day. So I, I think like I've learned a little bit about how to change just my writing habits and my work habits to be more efficient. But yeah, I think we're learning every day as moms and as writers. <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally agree. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to have spoken to you, Amy, and I hope I get to meet you in person sometime. And I feel like I need a picture of, maybe I'll take a picture of my phone, of your amazing backdrop here. It's like insane. Thank you. Anyway, I think you did a great job with the technology and oh, uh, it was so a pleasure much. to talk to you. So. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting for me. And thank you. Keep doing all the amazing stuff that you're doing. We're so grateful as authors. <laughs> thank you. Okay, have a great day. Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening to a Beach Reads Wednesday episode from my big July book blast. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you've enjoyed getting to know some of these amazing authors. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at zibbyowens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much to Page One Books for sponsoring today's episode. I hope you'll all check out my summer beach bundle at pageonebooks.com. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.